Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I'm so excited about today's guest because we had this beautiful conversation on the phone for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, and doggone it, we didn't record that call, and that's what we should have done. (laughs) But... That's the way life goes. But uh, today we have Diane Halfman with us. She is the founder of Spa Life, which wait to hear what SPA stands for. And she helps women entrepreneurs with decision making and a lot of things that are right along the same line of, you know, what I do. It's just amazing how God brings us together. That's all I got to say. It's just amazing how that happens. So Diane, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. It's so great to be here and just be sharing with your audience. And I'm just smiling so big because I love when women are just synergistic and our messages are all very similar. We just touch different audiences and we bring our life experience into it. So I am thrilled to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you. So we're going to talk about your life experience too, but why don't we start with how you got from where you were to what you're doing now? Tell us about your history because you've got this, I love your history, by the way. And I want to say again, thank you for your service to our country and to everybody around it. I know your husband's involved too, but so tell us a little bit about, about your history and how, how you transformed into what you're doing now. Well, thanks, Jen, for asking. You know, it seems like an unlikely path. I was a San Diego police officer for 10 years. I worked uniform patrol as well as undercover in gangs, narcotics, and vice. And particularly undercover as a prostitute because we were hunting a serial killer. And I cultivated over the years some skill sets to not second guess myself, to be more confident, to be able to make very quick decisions in very life and death situations. And so when I retired from the police department, I started utilizing these skills to help women entrepreneurs to not second guess themselves, to have those boundaries, to really make those bigger decisions and to really see how that can affect not only how they were being in business, but also decisions they were making in their own life as well. So I cultivated Spa Life and as you had alluded to, Spa Life is an acronym. The SPA is for seek power always, that power within you to do that deeper work that we have to be able to reach in and and be able to listen to ourselves and our intuition and to utilize that power as a launching pad to be able to impact the people that we want to in our life as well as ourselves to live the life that we're actually here to do. 
Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. And and we're going to talk about a lot of things with this too. And, you know, with this podcast being success to significance, you know, you had a lot of success in your practice and to being a police officer, and then you moved into this impact. How do I make impact and be significant to other people? You know, and of course we all go through glass ceilings, variety of glass ceilings. So let's talk about your story. And then I'd like to talk about where you think this is coming from for women generally. In what I see is sometimes the inability to make a decision. They just get halted for whatever reason. And I'm sure there's a multitude of reasons behind it. I, I know I have a reason why I'm second guessing myself, you know, on occasion. But tell us about your transformation in that. I mean, went into becoming a police officer. I don't know if you've always been tough. Was there something in your past that created this toughness in you? Or was it something that happened, you know, while you were in it and you had that aha moment that said, I am woman, hear me roar. Watch out. Here I go. (laughs) Well, Jen, I did not grow up wanting to be a police officer. It was nowhere on my radar. Being the oldest of three children, my parents wanted me to be successful. And my dad, as I was going into college, said, are you going to be an attorney or a doctor? as if those were my only two choices in the world to be successful and have a good income. I knew I didn't want to go into um, the medical field and I was intrigued by law. And in fact, I got my degree in criminal justice and started working with an attorney my senior year in college and realized that this was not the path for me. It was, I found it very tedious and boring and I didn't want to be inside all day. And so I was looking like, what am I going to do now with this degree in law? And I had a lot of the guys that were graduating college at the same time were going into law enforcement and they just encouraged me to take the test. And I exceeded very well in the test. And at the time, because of what was going on in the world with uh, the serial killer and there weren't that many women on the department, they needed more women. And I basically stepped in at, at the right time and had no idea what I was getting into. I'm someone who grew up middle-class family, 12 years of Catholic school, had no idea what was going on in the street. And this was a rude awakening for me to really get into this. And I had been married for six years and became a a single parent as I was coming onto the department, had two small daughters. And for me, it really became uh, having to pep talk with myself, especially late nights, walking down alleys by myself. (laughs) I worked by myself a lot to really just have that commitment that I have to get home every night. I had my daughters to get home. And so I had a really big reason to make sure that I was clear about what I was doing, to be very cautious, but also to trust myself. And that came with a lot of practice. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm a concealed weapons carrier, so I'm comfortable, but I can't imagine going up and down an alley at night dressed in the manner you would have had to been dressed and knowing that someone was out there seeking someone just to take advantage of. So, you know, I mean, there must have been, and I think that this is some of what decision-making is too, is there's so much fight or flight, right, in our decision-making because if I put myself in that situation for you, that would be, you would have to make a decision very quickly. It's either I'm going to fight or I'm going to, you know, take flight. And I think that when a lot of people, men, women alike, come up to that decision-making mode, you know, right at the tip of it, it is a fight or flight and trying to incorporate wisdom and trying to incorporate some other things that I know we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But so where do you think this all stems from in the business world? What have you learned from working with women um, so that women and men, you know, both that are listening here, you know, can help themselves when they get to that fork in the road and they have to make 
good quality decisions, how to not second guess themselves, how to trust themselves. What are some of the tactics that people aren't using that they should be using to get right. there? Yes. Well, one of the things I found that has really distinguished decision-making between men and women is men tend to be a little bit more okay with being wrong, to mm. actually just throw out their decisions and see what sticks and go with it. They're okay to, to pivot and it doesn't have to be 100%. They could be 20% and they're still going to throw their ideas out there mm. and just keep moving forward and keep going. For women, it has been statistically proven that unless women actually feel that their decision-making is 100% correct, they will be less likely to actually put it out there. In fact, they will actually be thinking about an idea and then a man at the same table will throw out the same idea and he'll <laughs> run with it and she's still thinking about it because she wants to be completely right about that. Right. And so one of the things that I help women with is I have them really look at where have they seen their success in decision-making before? Because if yeah. we can build on where has that decision-making worked for us, then we can kind of build on that success and go, okay, I can build that muscle and I can do it again. When we don't see that we've made successful decisions in the past, it makes it really hard in the moment to move forward and we stand in that paralysis of waiting to get to that 100%. When we can really see that, hey, we have made great decisions, whether it's in our personal life or past business or just in general, when we can do that, we build upon that success. Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling about this as you're talking about it because, you know, coming from the mortgage space way back almost 40 years ago, it was a man, a male dominated industry. And when you were saying about the man sitting there and the woman thinking, you know, an idea, there were times where I thought, gosh, they just took my idea. Yes. And it was not because, you know, or I was overlooked for something, you know, and I don't play that game. I'm, I'm a tough girl, but, but it's probably because I wasn't finished with my thought process on delivering it. And they came up with the idea quickly. And so they got credit for having that idea as opposed to, I could have had credit for that idea had I got it off the ground faster. Yes. And I think that's where I'm able to differentiate because I literally had to make decisions that were life and death decisions. So mm -hmm. I didn't have the luxury of time to ponder it over and yes or no, or have all of those things. And so I started really looking at a lot of pre-thinking of scenarios. Like if I was in this, how would I be? If this happens, how would I react? And I knew what my boundaries were, what I was basing my decision-making on. And this completely, you know, works for the civilian life too. I mean, you know how you want to move forward in your business. You know what you want to bring to the table. Usually it's just a few extra bits of information that solidify the direction that you already know. And when you get yeah. that knowing solidified within you, the knowledge just enhances it, but you have to really go with the knowing. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. So do you have a tactic that you use or one tactic that you use that helps someone make a decision? I know I have tactics that I use that you and I've talked about. Um, and I'm curious to see what yours, your answers are going to be as well is, is how to, when they find yourself sort of in that pondering and you're not taking action and you know that you need to take action quicker, what could you tell yourself? What, is there a mantra? Is there, you know, I mean, gosh, Michael Mayer, who wrote Seven Levels of Communication, he literally has a piece of paper that I think has 50 or 60 um, words, same word, and it says, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. 
do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. And you literally go through and cross that out. Do it now, 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 do it now. And when you're all done, you're like, okay, let's do it now. <laughs> Which is crazy. I can't believe it works. It's like um, Mel, oh gosh, what's her last name? Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins, you know, with 54321, right? I, I prefer yes. one, two, three, four, five, but 54321, you know, it's a mechanism that triggers. So, what kind of trigger do you have that helps business women and men make better decisions faster? Well, the most simple thing is core values. You and I have talked about this. If you yeah. don't know your core values, if you don't know why you're here or what you're standing for, it makes it really hard to make decisions because you've got nothing to base those decisions on. Yeah. So if you know what those core values are, if you know like what is my mission, what is my purpose, like what are those things, we hear those words and sometimes they feel like, you know, you say words that they start kind of blurring out like goals and values and, and they just, they don't mean anything. Right. It's like, what do those words actually mean to you? How do those things get incorporated in your life so that when you are making decisions, you are actually basing them on something. Now, one of the tools that I use and I actually share um, with uh, clients I'm working with is I have something called Diane's Daily Design. And it's actually, for those oh, of you who yeah. are watching and not listening, yeah. I have a big calendar in the middle here because I'm a very visual person. I like to see, you know, one or two words of what it is I'm doing. And I actually have my values on here. I have a value statement. I talk about how is it that I'm being the best the number one thing for me is to be with my people, right? Yeah. And so what is that? That's my clients. That's my family. That is my sweetheart. Those are my God. Like these are my people. That is like the number one thing with me. So what is the decisions I'm doing? Who am I impacting? What am I doing? And how does it affect my people and me being with my people? So that is like the number one thing that I weigh against people is how it affects my people and myself. Another thing for me is to enjoy epic health. Like health is so important to me. We've all heard the statistics around, if you don't have your health, you have no other wishes or goals in the world. And right. for me, that's a, a very broad topic from going to the gym, to getting a massage, to getting a facial, to having self-care, to getting good sleep. I mean, the spectrum of health for me is very big because I believe that you need to show up completely ready and prepared in yourself as your best self in order to be able to help other people. The S in the best for me is for standing in your power. I walk the talk. I look at where am I being confident? Where am I giving my power away? How is the decisions that I'm making? How is it that I am standing in my power with it, but I'm also leaving the space for people to stand in their power? That it's a two-way street to make sure that I'm showing up uh, in my best way. And then my T in best is to transform the world. You know, right now in particular, I am very passionate about saving the children being involved in uh, human trafficking. I'm an abolitionist, which is a donor for something called Operation Underground Railroad that is all about helping and saving children. You got to look at what's something bigger than you that is part of what you are doing, that is part of your values, that is part of how you make decisions, which is why you get up in the morning and you're excited to do what you do because you're clear on that. When you have that framework, it is something that you base everything against on whether you do it or you don't do it. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. Um, you know, just a little side note here, yesterday, or not yesterday, Saturday, I went shopping with my daughter and squatted down, didn't bend over, squatted down to look at something on the lower shelf and stood up and my back went out, right? And so all day yesterday, I was consumed with managing my back. Nothing else got done. And I think that that's a 
an extreme example, but it really is true about your health that when your health is not there, you can't focus on anything else. It's just impossible. And nothing mattered to me yesterday, nothing. And it was Sunday. In fact, church didn't matter. And I'm a Eucharistic minister. So I had to call and say, I can't even get out of bed. Right. right? And, but nothing mattered yesterday except managing my health. And because it just takes so much of priority over, over things. And so it really does create a cloud of everything else around you. Right. Well, I was going to say one of the resources I love having my clients listen to is or, or read is the book called Essentialism. And one of the things in that book that I really love, and it hit home with me, you know, particularly with health, mm-hmm. is especially as an entrepreneur to know that you are the asset. When yeah. you realize that you are the asset in your business, meaning if you're not up and going, if your health isn't great, if you don't have good focus, you don't have clarity, you don't feel good, how is it that you're going to actually long-term be able to help other people? And, you know, that's where you start feeling burnout. That's where you just don't have the energy. That's where you tend to, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, twisting your ankle because you are not fully conscious because you didn't get enough sleep. I mean, there's so many things that come back to having that extreme self-care. And, you know, some people look at that as being selfless. And I think it's being selfless that you are actually, you have to, right? You have to. Airplane, right? Get your right, on right. First so you can help others. Yeah. And I think for every decade that we get older in the world too, I think that we really start appreciating that health even more because we start looking at we have impact and legacy and significance that we want to have. And if we don't feel good and we can't be our best self, we can't do that work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And I think the Essentialism book, isn't that a um, white covered book with a squiggly? Yes. Model? Yeah. Because I've read it a couple of times. It's a really, really good book. So that kind of brings me to this question. You know, this particular podcast is, you know, exploring people's, what people have gone through to break through glass ceilings they had, whether it was decision making or something really big. And so a lot of people are listening that are, especially now that we're in the COVID challenge is they're saying, maybe I don't want that job. Maybe this was the catalyst. And I've been sharing with a lot of people, COVID, it's not what COVID is doing to you, but what COVID is doing for you. And they're in that challenge in that space where they're saying, do I go back to the job full time? I hated it. Maybe this is the thing that needed to move me, the catalyst and the trigger to move me into a new space. And some people are still in that losing sleep at night about what do I do? Others are taking the baby steps and are kind of in the middle of it, wondering and meandering around wondering, was this the right thing or it's cool? And others have come on the other side of it. So when we think about decision making in each one of those quadrants, what are some suggestions you could give to someone who's thinking about leaving the comfort of that long-term salaried job and now going into chasing, I shouldn't say chasing, but following, not even really following your dream, right? Don't follow your dream, pursue it. Pursuing that beautiful passion, that dream of owning another business or going into some type of philanthropy work. So what could you suggest to someone who's going through that and really struggling through it? Right. Well, I think that the litmus test of that is time. Time gives us perspective to everything. And if we said something like, well, this is like the big legacy thing, the big dream job, the entrepreneurial pursuit. This is the thing I want to have in my lifetime. It feels so elusive. Like it's something that is going to happen 20 years from now or down the line or, or just whenever kind of thing. And I think that when we put things in perspective, when we start actually writing, like what are the accomplishments at the, on our deathbed 
what is it that we want to say that we've accomplished? What, who do we want to impact? Who's it going to involve? What's it actually look like? And if we put ourselves where we are today, where would we be with that if we had a year left to live, if we mm -hmm. had six months to live, if we had a month to live, if we had a week to live? Mm -hmm. When we start moving that time back and, you know, you are picturing yourself on that deathbed one week from today, how important are those things that we say we want to do? Like, you know, I look at those things just like you do, like COVID and, and you know, things happening in the world. Those are all external things that, yes, we always have those things. There's always, you know, somebody doing something in politics or something happening with the environment. There's something happening with religions. I mean, these are just things that spin as part of the human experience. We have to get really, really clear of what we are about. What's that internal mm -hmm. world? What is the impact that we want to have? We don't have the time that we think that we have. I mean, we just, uh, this past weekend, a friend of ours who they just retired and her husband had a heart attack and died in his backyard, relatively young. We, we've heard all of these different mm -hmm. stories that have happened and no one is on their deathbed saying like, oh, I wish I would have done more things on my to-do list. It's like, who are the people that I spent time with? What was the impact that I had? Why am I here? What do I want to have happen? What is it I want people to say about what I've done and how do I want to feel fulfilled? And have I done the purpose, that good and, and faithful servant at the end of your life? And so when we look at it with a sense of urgency, that's where I think people can make those decisions, that it's not letting the fear of whether I do it or not, it's how much can I jump in and learn along the way? What kind of mentors can I have that can you know, accelerate it faster for me? Who is it that I want to emulate that is doing something similar that I can look at that? There's so many resources out there that can show us how to do it. You have to do that first step of committing that I'm all in. Right, right. And actually take the steps because otherwise it's a Netflix. <laughs> it's <Yes>. Netflix. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Okay, let's talk about second guessing. I also known as buyer's remorse. I'll call it that. <laughs> I always choose a, a word every year that is my word for the year. You know, this, this year, my word is simplicity. Last year, my word was wisdom. Because when I made the transition into coaching and speaking full time, right, I'd already been doing it. But when I made the transition into doing it full time, I felt like I was making decisions left, right, and sideways costing me an arm and a leg, a lot of debt, consuming a lot of debt because it was a new arena that I was playing in. And I felt like, oh, I don't have the knowledge. So I've got to get coaches around me. I have to surround myself. And I, I felt like a chipmunk I had all these nuts in my mouth. The only thing I was swallowing and consuming was saliva, right? I had nothing else going on and I wasn't fulfilled. So it made me say, hey, are the decisions I'm making correct? And so for last year, it was all about wisdom gaining wisdom to be able to make decisions that could really move my practice forward. So when we think about second guessing, and so I was, every time I was making a decision, I was starting to second guess, you know, like, is this really right? Is it not right? I learned before it was bad and I got burned. Now it's my fault. And how do you get past that second guessing so that you can move on? I mean, I felt like I got very stifled. Well, again, I was chewing. I had so much in my mouth, I couldn't even chew. So it's one thing to chew on it. I mean, how do you get past that second guessing? That was a real struggle for me. And I, I feel like I'm past it now to a certain extent. I feel like it's more of a wisdom decision than a, than a second guessing. There were many nights where I woke up and said, I never should have bought that. I never should have gotten that. I have to call them in the morning and say no. 
And then I didn't because yes. I had another second thought, right? Right. So what are some suggestions that you can help people with with second guessing themselves? I love so much that you've brought this up, Jen, because this is such a big issue. And so a lot of people think that they're going to get to a certain point in their business and they're not going to, you know, have that second guessing or they're going to, you know, get to a certain point where that's not going to happen anymore. And I think it evolves into a different level of that. And I think part of what really helps in the second guessing is one, know your values, right? Know the whole parameters of how you make decisions in the first place. Gather all the knowledge that you have out there, right? This is why we have advisors. We've got, whether we actually have a team of advisors or we have a mentor or, you know, we're watching certain people that respect and trust Mm -hmm. on social media and looking at how are they making certain decisions. And when you see other people make big decisions, you then kind of can weigh in like, do I agree with that? Do I not agree with that? And then you start putting the stake in the ground of what you stand for and how you make certain decisions about what's your end game? Like, where does it you want to go? Part of making decisions today has to do with what is the expectations you have for yourself? What is the result that you want to have for yourself? And so when you look at that kind of big picture, when you're looking at an individual decision, you take all of that knowledge But I love how you have the word with wisdom, because when it comes down to making big decisions, it has to be completely that gut decision. It has to be that wisdom. It's the culmination of your experience, your life. You just know that this is the direction to go into. And particularly for women, even if you're like at 50% of knowing, to still go with that anyway, to not have that paralysis of waiting for 100%. I don't know too many people that have 100% sure on any decision. It's like, you know, it's almost like that preponderance of the evidence, like enough right. of it is makes sense that you just make that decision. And instead of going into that spin of second guessing, go into just taking a deep breath and letting the decision breathe. Like yeah. you made that decision for a reason. Let the next step happen. Let it move forward. Let things happen because then certain things reveal itself after you've made that initial decision. The great thing is, is you can make another decision. Where people get caught up is they want to go back to that original decision. You don't want to go backwards. It's all about going forward with the new information that you had. And part of getting past second guessing is that you made all the best information you can with all the information you had in the moment. When new information becomes available, then you can make different decisions and you can continue to move forward. I mean, any of us who are a parent, we can go back and go, oh, I could have made this decision. I would have done this or whatever. Yeah. That doesn't make a difference. Our kid is not five anymore, right? They're now oh. 15, 25, 35. And we just mm-hmm. keep making decisions now that we have more information. That's why those second and third kids tend to you know, do a little bit better because you weren't practicing like you were on the first right. kid. Right. You know? I love that analogy. Thank you very much. I mean, that helps me too, because when I do make, I mean, I just made a big major financial decision yesterday on Sunday. It was the only thing I could muster up was to have this conversation and made a big decision yesterday. And, you know, I feel good about it today, but I love that you're saying, don't go back and say, I shouldn't have done that. I would have done it different, but rather now that I have made that decision, how do I make the best of that decision and and make sure that I'm forging forward um, with that? And I, I think that's probably the biggest aha that I'm getting from this time here together. And I'm, and I'm hoping that people that are listening are saying, you know what, that's it, doggone it. I'm going to start my own business, doggone it. I'm going to leave this company because the information I have right now says, I don't want to go back to that nine to five. I don't want to go sit in that sterile office, which look at the walls that my husband's sitting <laughs> in all day. It's terrible. I'm in his office today. You know, it's, I don't want those. I don't want those things anymore. So doggone it, I'm going to take the next step. So 
Diane, tell us what, I know you have a gift for us in helping us take this movement on. So tell us a little bit about the gift and we'll of course have the link in the show notes. Yeah, thanks so much. So the gift is resetyourpowergift.com. And I use the word reset because sometimes people look at power as something you either have it or you don't. We all have power. We all come in with that. Sometimes we let left circumstances throw us off. And I've created this just checklist to be able to look at where have you given your power away? How do you reset it? How do you get it back? And how do you move through some of these decision-making skills so that you can you know, build your wisdom, build your confidence, and feel good about moving forward with uh, any decision that it is that you need to make. So what, it's Reset Your Power gift. gift. Yeah, what a beautiful gift. I can't wait to get it myself. I love being a podcast interviewer because I get all these wonderful gifts too. <laughs> I use them. <laughs> I use them. I mean, that's what, you know, it's all about getting yourself better. You know, great Les Brown says, you know, if you're casual about your business, your business will become a casualty. He also says, if you're casual about your life, your life will become a casualty. And I'm always working on purpose, always intentional about what I'm doing and very purpose driven. And that's, you know, of course the purpose driven life, right? But that's exactly why. So if someone's listening to this and they, and they would love to reach out with you and have you help them get over this hump and start making better decisions and start actually making decisions, what would be the best way to get a hold of you? Well, I'm definitely on, on social media. So you can look under my name, Diane Hoffman. I'm Diane Hoffman fan on Facebook. I'm also my name under Instagram. If you know that you really want to have a conversation with me, you can go to dianehoffman.com forward slash 20 minute call. And that's two zero M-I-N call. And um, I'm happy to support you in any way that you're at to make those decisions. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, Diane, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and your time with us here today. I love what I learned. I know that next time I make a decision, I'm not going to go backwards. I'm going to say, now I have new data. Where do I go from here? It's like being an investigator. No wonder you're so great at this. I absolutely <laughs> love it. You have new evidence, right? And it takes you a different path. I absolutely love that. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, My pleasure, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. So everybody who's listening, thank you again for spending time with me today and taking time out of your day to listen in. I hope that we've given you something that will change your life or at least tweak a little things, a few things in your life. And I just want to remind you to please write a review and give us a great five-star rating. And if ever you run into someone who's broken through a glass ceiling that you think their story would be powerful for us to share, please let me know by getting a hold of me at jen at jenduplessis.com. And we'll catch you next time on Success to Significance. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.